USA podcast. I'm your host, Will DeGravio, and I'm very pleased to be returning so soon, I know, uh, with yet another short episode of the podcast. When I first started the show, and then later my newsletter, Notes on Videographic Criticism, my hope was to pass the mic, so to speak, to, to build platforms that others could use to help share their work and reach all of you, the dedicated audience of video essay makers and fans. So I was very pleased when Kevin B. Lee reached out to me and asked whether I would be interested in rebroadcasting an ongoing podcast series and video essay gallery curated and published by the Swiss publication Film Explorer. Film Explorer invited three curators, Chloe Galibert-Lenay, Kevin B. Lee, and Johannes Binotto, all of whom, I might add, have appeared on this podcast, uh, to curate three video essays centered on various themes. Uh, the first video essay gallery, Home Positions, is currently on the Film Explorer website and is the subject of today's podcast. Among the topics in the discussion, home as the uncanny place of defamiliarization, discomfort and embodiment in memory, trusting the experimental and amateur approach as revelatory, video essay as post-cinematic experience, video essay as opening the potentialities of cinema, video essay as another form of temporality, and the role of community in defining video essay, a topic that I am very invested in. Uh, All of that is from the Film Explorer website, of course. Uh, The video essays will be screened until the 12th of June on the Film Explorer website, uh, and the second curated selection will then be published. All of the links to which I now refer will be at thevideoessay.com, of course, and also in the description of this podcast. As a publication, Film Explorer holds a special focus on curation and digital exhibition, um, and I really urge all of you to go and, and visit their website and watch the Video Essay Gallery as soon as you can, because it's rotating and eventually you won't be able to. Um, uh, and as always, you can learn more about this show at thevideoessay.com, follow on Twitter at thevideoessay, and subscribe to the newsletter at thevideoessay.substack.com. Now, I am very pleased and honored to be able to present the first of the conversations centered on Film Explorer's video essay gallery, this time focused on home positions. Podcast. Video essay. Exhibition one. Home positions. Johannes Pinotto. Chloe Galliberlini. Kevin Billy. Production by Film Explorer. Why did you choose this specific video essay to propose in this first exhibition? I can start. Yeah, because, uh, well, just to kind of give a general background into, well, my understanding of how it came together, because we were invited each to propose five video essays for this overall program, which was really a pleasure and an honor to do so, especially with the idea of how the three of us could form common themes and possibilities for dialogue, such as we're having now through our selections. It was a, it was a really kind of nice little game that we were playing. And I don't think we had specific themes in mind until we showed our cards, so to speak. <laughs> and then once we revealed our selections to each other, then the, the themes and the connections started to form. And I don't know if, I don't know who it was between the three of us anymore. You know, I, I like to think that it was a, a common joint kind of agreement that uh, this theme of home was what presented itself between these three selections that we're speaking of now. Yeah, and I would just say like, watching, I'm going to totally mispronounce it, <laughs> but uh, Chloe's selection of La Position Couché, 
and Hiroshima Monomore video essay that Johannes proposed and and Home When You Return, which is my proposition, you, you really see the home theme being established as a red line connecting them. But then I guess that leads to the question of what does home have to do with video essays? And I think I'll leave that to either Chloe or Johannes to answer because I think I've said enough to set it up. <laughs> to pick up on that, what made me select my video essay by Sarah Trolich was she was a student of mine. And this like happened in the course of teaching. And I was just like fascinated by the fact that actually like how quickly and perhaps also not so conceptually something, something evolved that um, haunts me since the moment that I saw it. And to connect it to the topic of home, <laughs> I think an interesting connection here is like that on the one hand, this video essay literally comes like from home in the sense of like the home of like my teaching um, something that I'm very familiar with, but also the fact that it's working with a film that I'm very much at home with. I mean, I'm, I'm very familiar, of course, with Hiroshima Mon Amour by Alain René and Margaret Durat. And I always find it interesting and perhaps this also connects like to what you ended with, Kevin, and the question, okay, what has this to, what does home mean for video essays? Of course, it has to do with something like what in literary studies is called defamiliarization or what in, in psychoanalysis is the unhomely, the uncanny. So that something that you thought you were very well familiar with uh, becomes like strange and you see in a new fashion. And I also think that's also something that then also surprised me, or that is something that I take with me in particular from your two choices, that it gives me certain spaces that I felt at home with in the case of Home When You Return, like the space of the Hollywood melodrama that I'm very familiar with, or in the case of La Position Couché, the computer game visuals that I'm not so familiar with, not so at home in, but that they gave this back to me in a defamiliarized fashion, in an uncanny fashion. Yeah, I can segue to that because I think I thought I would propose this video as my first selection in the context of the five videos that I've chosen to present for this curation, because I was really interested in trying to find videos that would relate in one way or another to the theme of fatigue and exhaustion and the fatigue with the image and the mediated fatigues, which I think to me was also a way to process where I am at the moment in my relationship to moving images in these sort of post-pandemic or still pandemic times. And I think this is also one way to look at this initial curation that we are, you know, more or less depending on where we live, but exiting a period of lockdown and staying at home. And this, this first proposition that we're making is very much exploring the home environment that all of us have spent a lot of time in. Even if I'm not sure exactly about the time when the video that you chose, Kevin and Johannes, were made, the video that I chose is pre-COVID. <laughs> but I think it take up new meanings for me as I kept thinking about this film since I saw it. And it, I felt like it was grasping something very personal, but that somehow I could relate to that was, I think has something to do with what Johannes was saying just now about the uncanny and the defamiliarized space of home. But what I liked is that it's, it isn't for me, this video is an exploration of being at home, being at one's most intimate personal space, one's bedroom, 
but not being at home in the sense of not being in a space of comfort and not being in a space where one can relax and feel like one belongs. So I think this affect of uh, being in a space that is supposed to be a space of comfort and having this comfort taken away from you was an affect that really intrigued me when I watched this video at first and when I kept watching it and watching it. And I think that's something that, yeah, I think the uncanny is a good word for it. Uh, it's something that I can also find or that I found echoes of in both uh, Johannes and, and Kevin's pics. But then watching the three videos again as a group and trying to see what lines or what connections emerged from them, it seemed to me like there were at least another two maybe things that occurred to me. One being, I guess, the theme of embodiment or the, the presence absence of the body and how that gets captured in a, well, onto a flat screen, <laughs> the, the depth of the body and its inscription in the physical space and how the moving image can capture that. And the second maybe theme that I would maybe offer to this conversation with you, Johannes and Kevin, and I think it's related to the theme of, of the body and embodiment, is perhaps the theme of, of memory and the elusiveness of memories as, you know, Johannes, Sarah, the maker of the video you chose, want to capture the present moment, but it's already gone. You know, the moment she's drawing, the, the thing's already gone. So what she's capturing is not the present of the image, it's the memory of it. Yeah, the video I picked, <laughs> uh, the character is, is haunted by the memory of the film that he's seen and the, the film that is being discussed, which I think is what qualifies the video as a video essay, because to me it is a critique of a movie, but the movie is only represented as a memory in the character's mind. And of course, in Kevin's pick, the theme of memory is, is absolutely at the center of the story with this, the presence of the deceased grandmother and how her memory is recaptured through the mediation of this melodrama that serves as a support for the, the memory to be attached to something that one can see. I'll pick up from there because, uh, yeah, both of you have offered some really helpful terms of thinking about this, like uh, embodiment and fatigue and just, yeah, situating it within this like moment of history in which we find ourselves and why home becomes such an important theme to think about because it's kind of where we've, we've been <laughs> for such a long time. But also home, well, thinking also about cinema as home because I think the three of us have a lifelong investment with cinema. It's definitely been a primary object of study for us. But at the same time, those who know us also know that in some ways we care about it so much that we <laughs> it exceeds uh, just being comfortable within the house of cinema so to speak. And I think the three works really show a kind of such a concern about what cinema means to us that it, it almost like ejects us or expels us from the a feeling of security with the, the cinematic apparatus. And so we're really talking about post cinematic forms of engagement, which, you know, the video essay itself is an expression of this post cinematic, like, taking our relationship to cinema and creating something new that in some ways goes beyond just an appreciation of, of cinema. This might be a nice moment just to acknowledge like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people who watch our selections would ask like, are these even video essays? These are not video essays as we know them to be from watching YouTube or even, you know, we're all engaged with the videographic film studies. And so that's what video essays are understood to be within the film scholarly context. And so do our, do our works fit within that context? I mean, that's, that's an open question. Yeah. And also thinking about how even the subjects of our films, the authors of the, the selections we've made also seem to express 
uncomfortable or unsettled relationships with cinema. And um, just speaking for Home When You Return and Carl Elsesser, that, you know, it's actually a chain. It's, it's several levels because his object, which is the filmmaker Joan Thurber Baldwin, was an amateur filmmaker who wanted to make her own Hollywood melodramas, you know, that were probably not considered legitimate cinema in, in their own way. And he very resourcefully references her film as a way of also connecting to her grandmother, as someone who was in many ways confined to this like very fixed domestic role and really challenging that position of what a woman's place was in the 1950s or 60s or, or a past generation and really unsettling that concept of home. So, yeah, and I guess that also connects to the question of embodiment that the three works are all in some ways visualizing bodies as expressions of cinema but also using the body as a way to create a distance, a critical distance with cinema. Yeah, so home and bodies as, as being kind of these instruments of disrupting our relationship to cinema. And at the same time, I mean, it's, I think really, you know, I always feel also slightly uncomfortable with like the term post-cinema because I always think it presupposes that we understood what cinema is. <laughs> and actually cinema is probably not, not one thing so that we cannot be even posted. So what I also found interesting with these pieces that they of course also show a kind of like a form of like a pre-cinema or something like that. Of course, they themselves, they become like new films. And you realize what Jonathan Baldwin did is of course also not only like an after effect of Hollywood melodrama, but at the same time, it's of course also like the beginning of Hollywood melodrama or a new beginning of a different kind of Hollywood melodrama. I mean, everything could also be seen like as a new entry point. And again, for me, that's also why I think I, I would consider them video essays. I, I think many video essays that are considered proper video essays, that often they feel for me that they actually, they close cinema instead of opening it up. They want to wrap up the story of a certain auteur or the story of a certain genre. And instead, I think those video essays that sometimes are not considered to be proper video essays, I think they do a much better job in actually opening up cinema anew that I ask myself, hmm, if I now go back after having seen Carl Elsesser's film, if I now go back to Douglas Sirk's uh, melodramas, I think I also see new things. If after La Position Couché, I go back to these very glossy computer visuals that we have in contemporary cinema, and I have still in mind these very like rough visuals, I probably also see something anew. And of course, again, I also see a certain kind of like um, a tradition. I could not help but also think about when I saw La Position Couché, think about the work of Harun Faroqi on, on early computer visuals. Like when we had these moments when the camera, the virtual camera is like moving through the body and you see that the body that is supposed to be lying on a bed is actually the, the bed and becomes like a, just a surface or something like, like water that you can see like from, from underneath. And you see there's actually no bed there. Also something that struck me, I, I had actually a hard time with both of you, you two picks. I had a hard time in actually understanding the videos as a whole. <laughs> and I realize I'm then just like more picking up on just like individual moments that just like struck me. And perhaps this is also having to do with like, sometimes you don't necessarily have to know like the whole 
outlay of a house in order to feel at home in, but you perhaps can also be okay with the fact, okay, I actually just know this one room. <laughs> because I because I just realized in Home When You Return, I, I was just like very captured literally just by this visual idea of like the blurred face. This like really struck me. And I had actually much difficulties in like understanding the whole video, but this really spoke to me. And similarly, in La Position Couché, there were like these moments, like the one I described, or, or this idea of like that you lie in bed and know, and it, once you have gone through every possible position, how you could lie in bed, and you realize there's no position that I can sleep. This single idea, this kind of like struck me. So I don't know how you two deal with that, but I often have like a difficulty. I, I realize sometimes I only see films in like a fragmented way. They're just like, oh, I just saw this image. I don't know the story. I, I did not understand the film. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you would say that in relation to the video that you picked, that as you explained, was produced by a student of yours in an exercise that you proposed. That's very much about focusing on one detail, right? One very short sequence of a film instead of trying to approach the whole movie, uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour, which could be done even in a videographic way. But it seems like your approach, even in your teaching, relates to what you just said in terms of trusting the fragment, trusting the detail to produce meanings and, and affects and be interested in its own way. And I think it is, yeah, it's a shared denominator, I think, between the three videos that we chose, which I think also speak to our tastes and preferences as makers as well for the three of us, makers of video essays. Obviously, the three videos have a very experimental approach, more so than other video essays that you would see in other contexts, and that maybe they don't try as others to be consistent and have this closure that you would expect not only from like a melodrama, like classical cinema, but the closure that you would also expect from traditional scholarship, right? That you have an intro, an argument and a conclusion and you can grasp the argument that's being made. And I think the three of us have been both working in that way and resisting that way of, of producing knowledge in our own work. And I can definitely see this in the three videos that we picked that they are in a sort of dialectical relationship to this idea of closure. There is something closed about a home, right? There is something. And I think it's part of the affect that I was interested in in a video that I chose, La Position Couché, that there is this feeling of being a prisoner, of being enclosed in something. And I was really interested in the fact that the video by its its form, the, the gestures of the artist in the way that he expresses this feeling of being prisoner sort of explodes the prison because of the style of the animation that is, as you said, I think has references outside of itself, but is also, I think, very free in the way that it's made. And it's not trying too hard to conform to canons of what good animation or good graphics look like. And I think yeah, similarly, the, the, the videos that you both choose have this intriguing and complex relationship to being well-made and made according to the rules and the canons of their genres and also going beyond these boundaries. And the three of us are you know, definitely not trying to make a definitive manifesto for what we think video essays should be. But I think the three videos that we chose speak to something that I believe we seem to have in common in terms of trusting experimental methods to be revealing in their own ways. And I, I say experimental not to say amateur, because it seems like the word amateur carries a lot of weight in terms of creating hierarchies between ways of doing. Yeah, just listening to the two of you talk now, I, it really struck me how the video that Kevin chose 
whom when you return is engaging with a style of, of a, or a genre of movie making that's either, you know, call it amateur or low budget, but it's this part of fringe fiction filmmaking. And I think Johannes, the video that you picked, and the reason why you picked it is also because it has this very spontaneous and genuine and imperfect way of doing what it's trying to do. I would relate this ethos of amateur approaches or vernacular approaches or experimental approaches, maybe to a something thematic that I think it is also related to this, what we were discussing earlier, this maybe desire for inscription in something that's out there and resistance to being enclosed within it, you know, being it inscripting one's body in the space of one's bedroom in the position couché or inscribing the moving image into a drawing that would mm -hmm. summarize the movements of this image in the case of the video that Jonas chose and inscription of this body or this, this female figure that's home when you return tries to make you know, to make appear on the image and at the same time resists inscripting it or her in this image by, by blurring her face. Mentioning the term amateur for me is always like a compliment. It literally means, the term means it's a lover that you're in love with something. And it's the opposite, obviously, of like mastering of, of like, and, and I would really claim if you have like the alternative, do you want to be lover or master? I would always opt for, for being lover. Like in being in love with something should, uh, I, I think, should be about not knowing everything what's going to happen. I keep thinking about this, this wonderful ending of like the, the, the seminar that Jacques Lacan, the psychoanalyst, did on love. At the end, he says, knowing what the other is going to do, that's not a token of love. That's not a sign of love. And I really love that, this idea that it's about knowing everything about something is actually yeah, the opposite of love. And again, I see a lot of in, in like a cinephilia kind of, again, of like wrapping up of like claiming I know everything about this film. I see not so much love, but very much like just proving your, your mastery. And I really like in all three examples, as you described that, this kind of like trying to capture something and always also necessarily missing it. But missing it to capture it completely also means that it's still like free and can go elsewhere. If I think about Sarah trying to capture the hand with her pen, I just like really like the fact that the hand of the character in the film is always faster than her pen. And I'm thinking about it. If you would watch this film, if you would do this exercise of hers, if you would do that repeatedly, if you would be become master of that, she would be able, because she already knows, of course, where the hand will move, she would be able to actually do it. But that would not be interesting. That would be a really sad video. <laughs> Uh, Johannes has just said about how the belatedness of the drawing of his student was what made the piece special. And if she could anticipate every movement of the image, the video would not be as powerful or it would definitely be not be the same object. And rewatching it, I, I made this connection that I think is actually relevant to the three videos that we picked as this first selection. It was um, a connection with a, a text that seems to be one of the most often used references in videographic criticism in terms of understanding what videographic methods is, is a Raymond Bellour's text, the unattainable text. And this idea that, you know, it's an argument that I think we've all used it <laughs> once when we're trying to argument in favor of videographic methods by saying, well, 
film analysis, when it's in a written form, requires a form of translation of the image into a written text, a description of what the image mm -hmm. is or what it shows. And in videographic methods, you can just grasp the film and put it on the timeline and re-edit it. And so you can have the film in your hands and work with it, which I do still believe is true in a way and, and um, a good argument in favor of videographic criticism that it allows for a different access to the, the object of the study. But it seems like the three video essays that we've chose to initiate this creation or this exhibition around the theme of video essays seem to resist this idea a little bit or the film or the object of study seems to elude mm. the grasp of the analyst despite their best efforts to contain it or at least this idea of wanting to contain versus the object um, yeah, eluding one's grasp, I think, is is uh, present in the three video essays. And I thought an interesting way to revisit this text by Raymond Bellour with a, a, a little bit more of complexity, perhaps, or layering than um, how we've been used to reading it in the context of videographic scholarship. Mm, that's super interesting because it's kind of reformulating the proposition. Like for Bellour, it's like text provides the necessary distance to image or to cinematic uh, form and bringing it back to temporality and memory and reflection, which I agree, like all three of our selections share this quality. So maybe it's not about text versus image, but more about different states of, of time and just temporality creating that space for reflection. But that's super interesting to think about because our next uh, selections, spoiler alert, I think are more having to do with immediacy and not this kind of opportunity to uh, reflect in the past tense of what, what happened before. So, but, but getting back to these selections, we've talked a lot about home. We've talked a lot about video essays. We haven't talked so much about the creators of our selections. And I want to acknowledge, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation without their efforts, but I wonder how much they identify with the video essay as a home for themselves, because speaking for Carl Elsesser, you know, I had proposed Home When You Return as my number one favorite video essay of last year. And I, and I did, but when I like exchanged emails with him and I told him I was thinking about this and I asked him, what do you think is, is your, is your work a video essay? He says, uh, I'm not sure. So he doesn't, at least not back then, he didn't identify uh, with the video essay as something that described his work, but I, I certainly do. But, you know, thinking about his context of experimental film, you know, and what the video essay means in that context. But then at the same time, it's an experimental film that uh, engages with amateur filmmaking. So, you know, I think he's definitely trying to create bridges and connections between different forms of cinema that some people might not see a connection but, you know, like, yeah, Chloe, you had kind of posited this question of what is our experimental and amateur, are they friends or foes? You know, what are the sort of like value associations or class associations we assign to each or can we actually form connections and bonds between them? But anyway, I so I, I kind of gave you my account of how Carl identifies with the term. And it's interesting because, you know, Johannes, it's, it's made within an educational context, which is another and scholarly context. And then Chloe, I think his name is some boy Vrenom, or at least his YouTube handle is that. And so it's the YouTube context, which on the one hand is like the most familiar term for video essays. But this particular work doesn't resemble YouTube video essays as we know them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear how they relate to the term. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I actually haven't really had the conversation with Samboy whether where he positioned himself in, in this world of the video essay, but I do see his work as a video essay for diverse reasons. But to me, the, the fact that it engages with an existing film and it's formulating a critical discourse about this film would be one of my criterion for identifying this work or wanting to present it in a video essay context, if only because it may also move a bit the lines of the definition of the video essay and what we understand it to be. But yes, uh, Samboy Vrenon has an interesting path because he's an artist, he's trained as a visual artist, but has mostly recently has been mostly, as you just mentioned, Kevin, been active on a YouTube channel that has a very, let's say it's not that experimental in the form. It's a, it's a YouTube channel that is really targeting a wide audience and is engaged with question of post-colonialization. Sorry about the pronunciation, that was wrong. But engaging with themes that are uh, heavily political and trying to formulate discourses that I understand at least to be targeted at as wide an audience as possible, which I would not necessarily say about La Position Couché, which is obviously a work of experimental video art. And so he has this path, you know, going from one space to another, which I think is another common thing that his work has with a lot of video essayists that also travel from you know, art galleries to YouTube to academia. And of course, somebody is also working. I'll be on a panel with him just next month at an international conference in an academic context. So we have this, I think, in common in the sense that his work travels and he travels from one context to the next. Yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why I also got intrigued in presenting his work in the context of this creation at Film Explorer. On one hand, you could see his work and not necessarily see the connection with the video essay immediately, but I do believe it makes a lot of sense to engage with his work in, in this context. And I think he agreed with it. And that's the reason why he allowed me to present his video also as part of this curation. It's interesting that like in both your cases, it's kind of like also like from the artists or that you would make like a claim or a plea for this maybe is an experimental film or this maybe is video art, but it's also a video essay. And I could make like the um, opposite claim or what interested me also in Sarah's uh, thing is that I would claim this is very much like a video note as it developed like just as a form of teaching, but this is also a piece of video art. <laughs> so kind of like, oh, this is also an experimental film. So Sara, she is a filmmaker, documentary, experimental documentary filmmaker, but we did this like just in the context literally of like film history, the students were asked to make these video notes. So there was much like a very video essay idea behind that of like learn something about this film object, Hiroshima Monamur. But it's interesting to see then how something can yeah, develop into something else. And that's also what I like about your stories here, that sometimes also we need someone else also to pick up on certain overtones that perhaps even the maker for themselves are not necessarily so aware of. So, and I think, again, this also connects for me to the question of like the video essay. What is a video essay also depends on a discourse around it, on someone else reacting to that and saying, look, this is interesting to me. This spoke to me because of this or that. So I just really think in Sarah's case, I think what was interesting for both of us was, of course, also that just like 
the fact how I and also other students from class, how we reacted to that video note also like gave it more weight so that she also then, then saw, ah, oh, yeah, actually I did not spend so much thought necessarily on it, what this could be, but it's kind of like, how should I put it? Just one way to phrase it would be like video essays are never made just by one person. They're literally made by like a community. And that is a community of like different media objects because we're using different things, but also by, by texts, but also by other people reacting to something. So I don't believe in this uh, that we already know beforehand that what we're doing is a video essay. I think it's more like up to the reactions of others that others will tell us this is actually that this is also a video essay and this also i also i also in particular like the genre definition is not about putting it in a box but rather this is also something else I yeah just, i think that's oh sorry i just wanted to qualify what i just said because i was verifying what i just said about Symboy Vreno, and i just read it he resists the word or calling himself an artist so i want to refer to the actual nouns that he uses to refer to his practice so he defines himself as a digital shaman apprentice and an off-the-ground activist <laughs> so that the, those would be the correct labels to refer to his work and his youtube channel is called histoire crepu and mm -hmm. you can check it out you know it's it's weird that we use the video essay as the kind of organizing concept for this series when at the same time i think the three of us are both drawn to it but also finding ways to resist it or challenge it and so it leads to selections that really don't resemble what most people recognize as video essays but i think that tension is really a productive energy for us and it really keeps us alert and, and thinking and, and in dialogue with each other so i'm grateful for the opportunity <laughs> So thanks, Giuseppe, and thanks, Ruth. Podcast. Video essay. Production by Film Explorer.